Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I am Zach, and I'm chilling here with Randy. What's up, Randy? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm sitting here with my Coke Zero Cherry Vanilla. There's so many flavors going on in there that I think my head might explode. That's pretty good. I think they have to pay us money now for saying that, right? Hey, that's, I think that's how that that's works. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> um, so, Randy, what are we talking about today? You know, I thought it would be interesting if we would start talking a little bit about worldviews because I've, I've just come to believe that we are in the middle of a worldview shift Ooh, in America. Absolutely. Uh, we are changing from a former way of just looking at reality to a new way of looking at reality. And um, the the missiological term that we would use is worldview. Right, right. Um, do you think it's fair to say that like when this shift happens, not everybody shifts with it? Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, this shift appears to be more generational in, yeah. in nature. Um, I don't know exactly why I suspect that school system has a lot to do with it, but, uh, I don't think that's the only influence. I think media and, uh, maybe a little bit the move away from, uh, television into more social media, uh, TikTok and uh, whatever else is out there. Sure, sure. Um, so, what what worldviews are we talking about here? Well, the um, the way that I grew up, uh, kind of looking at the world, uh, I believe today is referred to as the modern uh, worldview. Uh, the worldview that we are in the process of shifting to would be the postmodern. Now, there's also a pre-modern uh, worldview, and then kind of over us, just because of who we are and what we believe, there's also a biblical worldview. And those things are not necessarily the same thing. They they don't express the same thing. There are differences there. Which is weird because they're all grounded in the same reality. It's just different How ways they of... How view that yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah, kind of expressing it even. So I have a friend. I have a good friend. His name is David Dick. A good shout out to Dave. Um, he was my boss uh, for the majority of time that I was at uh, OMS. Uh, working as a missionary, and he would describe worldviews in terms of values, assumptions, and presuppositions. Okay. So uh, the the values that an individual holds, what what he believes is important, the assumptions that they make about the world, and that touches more directly to their view and their perspective of reality, and then presuppositions, what they believe is true. And what forms the rest of uh, their thought system then? And so today, I think we're we're just going to focus on assumptions, though, right? Yeah, values, assumption, and presuppositions. You know, that's that's a big. That's a lot. That's a lot. Even assumptions. I'm not sure we're going to get through everything that we have here. Okay. And um, you know, we put together a list of just kind of common assumptions. Just to help people kind of uh, uh, get used to thinking about worldview in this sense, this is not an exhaustive list. Uh, it is definitely not an authoritative list. It's a survey. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a survey. 
And ultimately, it's it's what we think we're seeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's just it. I mean, like when somebody from like the secular world would talk about Christians, they're gonna straw man a little bit, and we're yeah. probably gonna straw man a little bit here. We're not trying to, but it's gonna happen unintentionally. It's gonna I'm happen sure. unintentionally. Um, yeah, but we are gonna try and talk about it to the best of our ability, the best of our knowledge. Right. Um, and so we'll, we'll kind of comment on what we agree with, what we disagree with, kind of as we go. Does that sound well, good? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, you know, we've talked about reality already. Um, reality uh, to a modern mind, and and that would be my, by that I don't mean a, a mind of uh, 2021. I mean someone with a modern worldview. And I would put myself in that in that category. Reality uh, is objective. It, it can be observed. You can go back to it tomorrow, and uh, if you see the same thing, uh, if you look at the same reality, you will see it in the same way. Reality is objective. It exists, and uh, it's it's logical. It's independent of me. Yeah. Um, and so, are, are are you saying this for a pre-modern? Or you're you're just saying this, this is modern. In general? This, this is a modern. modern viewpoint. So, so kind pre-modern, of- pre-modern would look at reality, and they would say there's something else there. Uh, this is an image. This is uh, uh, a shadow of true reality. True reality is otherworldly. It's it's heaven in their words. And uh, what we have here is kind of a, a reflection of heaven. Got you. Um, and so, I, sorry, I, I just want to make sure I'm clear. What era, where, where are we currently at in the world? I, I would say that we are shifting from a modern mindset to a postmodern so so we're kind of mindset. in that in that in between realm between modern and postmodern right and now. when we talk about the world of course there is no one individual that represents the whole world right uh, instead what we have are groupings of people so there are a large number of people probably at this point I think still the majority that would hold a modern worldview uh, they would assume that reality is objective to us gotcha but there is a shift toward postmodern thought, which would say that reality is just a construct. It's just right. one perspective when we look at something. Tomorrow, I may look at the same thing and have a completely different perspective. Right. So, so let's kind of break those three ideas down. Okay. So let's start with pre-modern. You said pre-modern. That's more like a religious worldview. Yeah. I'm not talking Christian. I'm just talking yeah, okay, like good, religious. Good, good distinction. Yeah. That's that's uh, a, re- a religious world or at least a worldview that would have uh, predominated prior to the advent of uh, scientific discovery and – uh, sort of where we are today. So, like through the Middle Ages, through- Middle Ages, even you know as late as the eighteen hundreds, uh, all the way through there, you you begin to get scientific discovery and development and uh, codification of 
uh, certain ways of looking at thing that takes place in the late 19th century, the late 1800s, all through the 1900s. You get Einstein in the 1920s and 30s, and you know things just kind of explode then. And um, prior to the modern worldview, I think people by and large believed that heaven was real. To an extent, we are not real, or at most, we're just saving up for heaven. Kind of like a Gnostic view? Yeah, I wouldn't say Gnostic. Because Gnostic is more like we're like a a fleshy prison for the soul, right? Yeah, I think there is some of that there. Okay. Um, You know, we're, we're never truly free until we're free of the body. Kind of like the whole rest in peace concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that's real. That is reality. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I mean, (laughs) I understand. Understand, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So a, a lot of that reality was tied up with the church, and the church actually determined what much of that reality, at least the worldview the way you would perceive reality was determined by the church. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, d- sorry, I'm, I'm going to ask questions. Like, you think that started with the Catholic Church? Like through the Middle Ages? When and- it really started, there was no such thing as the Catholic Church. There, I mean, there was the church. The, well, and that's right. all there was. Well, I mean, Catholic right. is all inco- encompassing. Right, right, so, right. Right. Um, Universal Church, yeah, but yeah. Christianity, though, and I think it did start there. Now, the Catholic Church, the Church, <laughs> was um, responsible for much of the scientific discovery that we have today, in the sense that they looked at reality and said, "Hey, that's objective. We need to examine that." In their view, we need to examine that reality because it teaches us about God. So, sorry, can I take us back a step even further? Go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, hasn't the the pre-modern worldview, hasn't that just kind of always been the worldview until very recently? I mean, like, if you look back at, like, ancient cultures, it's really how they looked at the world too, right? Like the I Jews? I think there's a difference. I okay. think there's a difference. I think ancient worldviews would have equated the supernatural with the natural. They saw gods and spirits breaking through into the natural okay, so the pre- all the time. So the pre-modern worldview is not doing that then? It's saying it exists, it's out there, and what we have here kind of leads to that. Okay. God can break through, but we don't understand reality in terms of... Uh, spirits okay. running around. Okay, yeah. So, so really, the ancient the, mindset did. We just keep getting less and less spiritual. Kind of. I mean, yeah, that's really yeah, the the, the yeah. path. It seems. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And not spiritual in the sense of a follower of Jesus, but spiritual in the sense of tied up with a spirit world. Right. That there that is dominates a, and a supernatural manages. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. The idea. Uh, the ancients, I think would say um, uh, the demonic, uh, otherworldly spirits 
to an extent, determine what we do right. in this life. Right. I think the pre-modern worldview might say, well, they can influence us, but... But we're still kind of the masters of our own destiny yeah, in a way. Okay, yeah, yeah. I understand. We still have to be following and, and obeying. And, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and so moving on to like kind of diving in on the, the modern worldview. Right. That's the idea that that there is a divide between the two things, right? A divide and I would say a, a further um, expression of the, the modern worldview. Like we lean on science. Anything otherworldly is irrelevant. It's all explainable, like it. It can be, or like, but but I mean that's kind of be. the view of science, yeah. right? That yeah. like through science we can explain anything, right? It, with enough time, and if it's not explainable, it's not important, right? Science deals with what can be repeated, right? So we're really, I mean, that's kind of where we've been in the in the Western hemisphere yeah, for I a long so. time, right? Um, and the church actually, like, that's kind of like the split between the Eastern and Western church. Uh, back in the like the Middle Ages, the the Western Church started kind of becoming more and more scientific, more and more like philosophical, and, and the, the Eastern, Eastern Church, Church more, more meditative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. So I there, there, of that. there's a shift that kind of, like you said, it's groups of people. Yeah. 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 Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So the postmodern point of view looks at reality and says uh, there is nothing that is external to me. If I am observing something, then I am influencing that something. I can't see reality without bringing myself to the picture. So it's not objective. Okay. Reality becomes subjective at that point. And this is the postmodern? It's the postmodern. The postmodern. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that <laughs> when you say that, that just reminds me so much of like, I mean, that's the new age worldview. Yeah, yeah, Th- that, yeah. that everything is subjective, right? Like that. For instance, like <sighs> something to be said when I say new age, nobody in the new age movement would ever say they were in the new age movement. They they would say they were spiritual or they you know right. something like that. Right. And so what what I'm saying is there are groups of people out there that believe that nothing is right and nothing is wrong. Everything is just what you're experiencing. We'll get down to that. Yeah, that's kind of the last point that I wanted to get here today. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what do you think the biblical assumption about these things? What what is the biblical assumption? assumptions in the biblical worldview of reality of reality ah okay um i think there there is a a finite here and now taking place um that it was made by god that god gave order and he gave um well or i guess he he gave a way of order to things right and so we're living in that ordered world in this like time and space in, in in a physical reality and it's governed by laws placed by God, right? 
And I I guess like I, I believe God exi- like I believe God exists outside of that. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. he can also insert himself into it if he want, wishes. Um and I think that there is a supernatural realm, the heavenly realm that is existing both outside of it, but I think there are moments in time or I guess always even like that there are spiritual beings kind of interacting with our lives but not in a way that we can see. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Um so reality is objective, but it's not everything that there is. There is another reality, a super well, reality. So that's really hard for me to like comprehend because like when you say reality, I just lump sum all of that. Everything. I yeah. see I see the natural and the supernatural together. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the biblical worldview that it's these two things together that are happening. Uh but they're also separate. In in the ancient worldview, there was kind of a dotted line between natural and supernatural. So gods could come down and walk with people. And people also, in making a sacrifice, can go into God's area and actually influence God. <laughs> I think that's more accurate than anything we believe now. It's, it's closer. I think the biblical worldview recognizes those two realities, a natural world and a supernatural world. But there's a hard line between them. We don't get to cross that hard line, but God can. Right. And when he does, in the Old Testament, uh, that is called holy. That's that's a holy place or uh, the holy of holies because God lives there all the time. And man can come into his presence once a year if he's invited. Right. <laughs> he doesn't get to just say, hey, I'm going to go hang out with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, was a, uh, it was a very limited exchange. Like it's this – From man's point of view. From man's yeah. point of view. It's kind of like a fish. Like, like people can go swimming in water. Yeah. Fish can't go on land. Right, <laughs> right, right. not right. an option. Right. right? <laughs> they don't last long if they do. Exactly, exactly. But that's kind of like us. Like yeah. we're kind of more like the fish, I guess. Like, you know, God can come down into our area and he can hang out here as long as he wants, but we can't right. go out there at all or, right. or just for a very limited time. Right. But yeah. Next point? Yeah, let's do it. So the next point has to do with the reality of true and false. Uh, In the modern worldview, because reality is objective, because it's outside of us and we can see it, and if we see that reality tomorrow, it looks the same way. And the day after that and the day after that, it won't change. It'll always... um, I light a match and hold my hand over it, it burns. It's going to burn tomorrow. It's going to burn the next day. Um, There is then an objective truth, and there is an objective false. Okay. Um, Those are just realities that exist. Okay. So something can be true or something 
can be false. Right. Now, the pre-modern worldview would say truth is what the church tells us truth is. So if what the church says contradicts what it looks like we're observing, then we're obviously observing something inappropriately, improperly. Okay. Because what the church says is true. Okay. I'm trying to think of an example, and I'm not not coming up with one necessarily. Uh, um, well, I mean, what about the? It's like back with the the, the witch trials, when when they determined that if if a, if a woman was a witch, she would uh, she would float, mm-hmm. and so the way they would determine whether or not somebody was a witch is they would go out and, and tie a rock around her or whatever and throw her in some water. And when she inevitably drowned, they'd be like, oh, good, she wasn't a witch. Right. But, but you're if just she killing floated, people. they kill her. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, like, obviously, nobody's going to float. Just, it, it's, yeah, kind of like that. Is that yeah. fair? I think so. I, I was, I was so. just watching Monty Python yeah. the other day, so that one kind of oh. came to mind. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Good historical... Uh... <laughs> In the postmodern mindset, uh, truth is relative, completely relative. In the postmodern. Yeah. So wait, uh, so are we doing modern last then? I think we skipped over that one, didn't we? Well, modern is just kind of there is an objective true and false. Okay, that's the idea. Yeah. Of the, the, the Pre-modern is what the church tells me is true. That's true. Gotcha. And Even then- if it contradicts what I observe. And then postmodern is everything subjective. Everything is subjective, yeah. Which makes no logical sense. But do you see things moving that way? I mean, am I am oh, I no, barking no, up the wrong no, tree? No, you're you're one hundred percent. I've argued with people over this. Like yeah. in the barber shop, I had a probably forty five minute discussion with a guy trying to tell me that everything is subjective, and I just kept trying to walk him back around to saying like, <laughs> okay, but like. Rape and murder, like, we can agree those things are wrong, right? Well, yeah, those things are wrong. So then it's not subjective. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, no. And he just kind of sat there, and it like it was like I was just watching him. Like, his, his head was sparking or something. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> and it's like he just – he wanted it to fit so bad that there was no right and no wrong because when there's no absolute right or wrong, everything's fair game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, yeah, I don't know. Now – you know, I don't know where all of this started, but I do remember uh, reading about existentialism back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Jean-Paul Sartre uh, is a French philosopher, uh, one of the early fathers of existentialism. And his take on existentialism was uh, you just have to live authentically. So if you live authentically and get in your car and run over an old lady, as long as that is what you were trying to do, that's authentic. And he and believes that's okay. And he okay. Well, that's like at least he was sticking to his guns because I don't hear most people do that. You know, I mean, Hitler was pretty authentic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least to his reality, right? <laughs> um. Now, I do believe you're right. It makes no logical sense. But I believe logic is something that a postmodern mind would not even consider. That's insane. Because, like, the postmodern view 
doesn't they don't discredit science. They believe science, but their worldview doesn't support it. It's it it's very strange. It's like a paradox. Like it's like they're schizophrenic in a sense. Kinda. It's like yeah. they just kind of want everything to be. It. It's they like com- a little kid. They compartmentalize their life. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like I everything I say is right all the time, yeah. no matter what it is, even if it's wrong, it's right. <laughs> like, I get a I get a participation trophy. <laughs> kind. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You boomers' fault. Yeah, it is. Participation trophies. We we didn't want anybody to feel bad. (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. I definitely because here's the thing. Me and Randy were talking about the postmodern world, and like that's the hard one. That's the hard one to nail down because there's so many schools of thought within it. Kind of is that fair to say? It's not just like one cohesive narrative on like this is what it is. And that's what's kind of difficult about this because there is no source that you can go to and say what is postmodern thought. Right. Oh, well, it's this, 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 and this. No. No, it's not. Right. Well, that's like – well, to, to – uh, for instance, like it's kind of the same thing with premodern though. Like – we we said like what the church said goes right, right? yeah but like much. if you're in the Middle East it's not what the church says it's what the teachers of Islamic law say you right. know what I mean right. like it's it's different everywhere like we're talking Western culture right everybody now. well everybody has a church that they go to exactly and that church <clears throat> determined what their perception of reality was right it was the people. That kind of moderated between you and God. Exactly. They're the ones that called yeah. the shots. Because they get to interpret God's voice for you. Okay. So I said there's this general trend of us drifting further and further away uh, from the spiritual, right? Over time. Well, kind of. Because it, actually the, the like postmodern view would probably say they're very spiritual. Oh, yeah. But, but it's weird. I, whatever. But but then I think maybe a more accurate way of saying it is it was less and less – or sorry, it's becoming more and more in the person's control. Yes. See, yes, very much so. Because back – way back, like ancient times, it's uh, – you know, everything is like a, a result of what the gods are doing, Right. And then the pre-modern view is, oh, well, you know, there's this guy between me and God and he tells me what's right, like a priest or a a shaman or whatever you've got. And then in the modern worldview, it's science. So now it's mankind has come to these conclusions on what is right. So it's the human race now, right? Right. But now in this post-modern view, it's It's me. It's the individual and I decide my own reality. Right, right. Okay. So what's the biblical worldview concerning the existence of right and wrong? Um, that God has laid out a law and he has made his law clear and he's actually written it on the hearts of his people. And that is much closer actually to the pre-modern thought. The pre- yeah, it kind of jumps around a little bit, doesn't it? It does, it does, it does. I mean that's that's the thing with all of this. You can't just say, well, the biblical follows the modern or – Postmodern and um, not at all. Uh, it exists independently of all of these worldviews. 
the Bible in Christianity, following Jesus, has been countercultural in every age and every society that it's lived in. Right. It's been different. There is a higher rule to which we are subject. Right. And so right and wrong has nothing to do with you. No. It has everything to do with God. Yeah. Biblically. He gets to determine. And he already has. And, he and has. he's made it known. Right. And so it's kind of, it's not like he's laying out these things that you can't know how to live up to. He's provided you with the information necessary. And amazingly, what he has done, by and large, biblical law is good for us as people, as communities. It's doing things that will benefit not us as an individual. But everyone. Over against everyone else. Right. But it benefits everyone, which includes me. Right. And it just so happens that usually the way you come to that conclusion is by not living selfishly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But we are inclined to do just the opposite. Oh, yeah. That's that's the sinful nature in us. Right. I forget which one of the church fathers, uh, uh, somebody was asked, uh, what what is God's law? And uh, he said, well, love God and do what you want. Because what he was saying was that if you truly love God, what you do will not result in your uh, good over against everybody else. Right. But it will benefit everybody. It's kind of like the when Jesus says, uh, you know, ask my father anything in my name and he'll give it to you. Yeah. He's not talking about buying a Ferrari. He's saying, <laughs> you know, if you're going to my father and asking him, for what's right in my name in my name yeah, if, yeah. if it's happening in my name then it's gonna be what's right It'll because be if you are thing. asking for a ferrari that's not in my name you know like yeah i got it yeah <laughs> uh well so truth um there, is there anything else about biblical truth to cover there well i don't i don't think so much about Biblical truth. The problem is that is incredibly theoretical. <laughs> uh, we we talk about truth, and and uh, we can go to scripture, see cases where God said, uh, "There's a, a people over there. I want you to go and kill them all." Right. And yet, in other places, He said, uh, "A man who kills another man will pay with his own life." So, what's up with that? Uh, that's where you get into the interpretation of biblical truth and what it means, what it implies, what God was doing in that case. And there can be a lot of error in that. So the, the in, idea in our in interpretation, our interpretation right. of what God is right, saying. Right, right. What we're saying is that there is an objective reality out there, which is truth. But our pursuit of an understanding of truth doesn't necessarily always match up with that objective reality. We might be over here, and that distance can be a long ways away. Right, right. And I think that's why we need grace, though. Yeah. You know, we can't get it perfect. And that's why we never stop studying. Right, right. That's why we always got to keep looking at Scripture and trying to apply it to... Uh, 
whatever situation we find ourselves in. I honestly, every time I study the Bible, I learn something new. Yeah. Every single time. I will Even see going back to passages yeah. that you've studied Stuff I've before. read a million times over. Yeah. Um, so society, is that the next one? Yeah. it's <clears throat> So if this is reality, then what happens to the world that we live in? What happens to our society? The modern mind actually believed that through the use of science and logic, they could create a better world and that the world would gradually get better and better and better. Now, that's close to accurate. <laughs> you can find that actual thought back in the 30s, 40s. Babylon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then World War II comes, <laughs> and then the Korean War comes, and then the Vietnam War comes, and uh, we we start getting jaded about creating a better society. But uh, the church believed this. The church believed that back about 130 years ago, uh, the world would get better and better until finally... Jesus just came because there wasn't that much difference between earth and heaven. Hmm. There is a song. It, it's a it's a missionary standard. And whenever I would go and speak in churches, you know, representing the mission or or what Lynn and I were going to be doing in Colombia, uh, they would almost always sing this song: uh, "The darkness shall turn the dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright." And God's great kingdom will come to earth, a kingdom of truth and light. Everything will just get better and better until Jesus finally comes. Uh, okay, so I do want to say, though, I think you can make some decent theological arguments for that being a possible truth. I'm not going to set up camp and die on that hill. I don't know. But I'm totally open to it because anybody that believes that that I've listened to would point out that if you look at where the world is now, like as a whole, it is more Christian than it's ever been. There are more believers That's alive true. right now. Like, That's true. And so they're not saying like, oh, yeah, look how much better it's getting like by and large. Like, but like big picture, it is a lot better. I, it doesn't maybe look that way to us because we're in a weird spot in Western culture right now. It, it's something like 13% of the world right now is evangelical Christian, and that's way beyond anything that it ever has been before. Right. And so like, I'm not willing to dismiss that as a possibility, <laughs> but I'm also not like ready to be like, oh, yeah, that's it. You know, like, I don't know. But okay, that's interesting. And you said that's the modern world view? That's the modern world view, yeah. Science is going to save us. Okay. The more we understand, the more we... Uh, develop, the better it'll be. Um, Pre-modern assumptions about society, I think pretty much said this is what there is. We're not going to get better. We're not going to get worse. It's just everything was kind of as it was. Yeah. And that's just, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, here's the king. The king represents God. Um, uh, you know, we have to obey the king just like we obey God. There wasn't and, a whole lot of looking forward. No, not really. But there weren't a lot of advancements either. No. So, no. like, that makes and sense. And that may be because people weren't looking forward. Right. 
Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Well, the postmodern worldview is a very cynical, jaded worldview. They would say what science has done is it has produced more effective ways to kill larger numbers of people than ever before. They would say the same thing about religion. Yeah. Like like organized religion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tool to dominate, to oppress, and to destroy for the advancement of a small group of individuals. But notice everything you're saying right now um, about the rejection of, of so much science is that science has – science and religion both put limits on what people can believe because they express finite truths. Do you see, does okay. that make sense? Like, Kinda. like, like, if I buy into your Play science, that out. yeah. Okay, like, if you tell me that, um, I'm trying to think of a way of going about this. Like, if you tell me smoking is bad for me because right. science has proven that smoking is bad for me, right? Now, if I believe that, I probably need to quit smoking. But if I reject it, I don't have to quit smoking because your science is just putting limits on me. Same with religion. You tell me this is wrong, this is right. It, it it tries to give structure to my life in a way that I am no longer my own God. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's yeah. all individually focused at that point. And so that makes sense why they would reject religion or reject science or logic. Okay. Which they would they wouldn't say they reject science and logic, but right. they do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The um, biblical assumption of this, I actually think it's closer to the postmodern view. <laughs> things are getting worse and worse. It's uh, prior to the flood, things got so bad that God finally destroyed the world, promised he wouldn't destroy the world with water anymore. But I don't know. I look around and I see a lot of violence. I see a lot of things going on. It is true that there are more and more Christians than there ever have been before, but it seems like the world is polarized. Uh, the Christians that there are have less of an influence to change the society that they live in. Okay. It's always kind of been that way. Well, it's for the majority of of the history of Christianity, I feel like it's been that At way. least contemporary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time when the church was it. Right. A, a, a pope sneezed that, and everybody that, got the cold. That wasn't a good time either, though, for no, other reasons. No, no, no. <laughs> it was like too no, not at all. They were, yeah. And, and there again, it was all about an individual. Right. Um, but it does seem to me that scripture says that things will get worse and worse. In terms of morality, um, I think we're seeing that. I think we're we're living that. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, it's an interpretation thing, and I know how many different interpretations there are. Because I mean, really, what we're talking about now is eschatology. Yeah. And it plays when, you, into it. when you get into that, there's just so many belief systems, and they all make good. Ar- sorry, a lot of them make good arguments. Yeah, 
and so I I don't know. Like I'm willing to say, yeah, you're probably right, but I'm not willing to like once again, I'm not willing to set up camp and die on that hill because I don't know. I know what I'm supposed to do, right? And really, that's what I think matters. So is that a postmodern understanding of eschatology? <laughs> What you say is right. Uh, no. I'm not sure. No, it's not. There is a finite truth. Okay. There is a finite truth. Okay. They can't all be right. I don't know. Gotcha. I don't know. And part of that is just... And that's, that's a good point to make, though. The fact that we say we don't know does not mean that we believe that there is no finite truth, no well, objective well, truth. So, so what I'm saying here is like, I, and I think where you're going is like... Our job remains the same regardless. Yeah. We still have – Jesus said his great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says that right after he says, because all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go do this. Okay, He's the king. This is his law. Go do what I'm telling you to do. Go live for me. It really doesn't matter to me beyond that how this whole thing plays out. I know what things to look out for because yeah. of the book of Revelation. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't. It's so it's so difficult to read for me. And I think for a lot. I think that's fair. Clearly for a lot of people because everybody has a different opinion. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a friend of mine said, he's, he's Jewish. He said, get uh, eight Jews in a room and you'll have ten different opinions at least. <laughs> I like that. Um, final point that I want to look at here are assumptions. Uh, uh, assumptions about good and evil. Okay. So the modern worldview would say that good and evil exist. And they are somewhat objective, maybe not completely objective, but we really don't know where these concepts came from. We just share them. This is modern? This is modern. Okay. So they exist. Pre-modern would say whatever the king says, whatever the church says, that's good. So if the church says in Salem, Massachusetts, yeah, kill all the witches and... Uh, here's how you do it. And if somebody is accused, she's either killed and proved innocent of being a witch or found to be a witch and then killed. <laughs> right. Um, but it all determined, it's all determined by what the church says. Postmodern, I believe, would say Good and evil are individual constructs. I have a sense of what's good. You have a sense of what's good. They might line up with each other and they might not. And that's okay. What's good for me might be evil for you. What's evil for me might be good for you. Is that fair? Kind of, because I think they would, I think, okay, here's the thing. I'm chalking up the postmodern worldview and New Ageism as the same thing, 100% the same thing. The problem, though... I definitely think they overlap. Right. Um, 
so yes, I think people of a postmodern view would say that, that there is a good and there is an evil, uh, but what that is to each of us is subjective. But then at the heart of New Ageism, there is no good and there is no evil. Everything is just subjective. Yeah. And so it's like they believe in it and they don't. And it, I, I have no, – dude, I know it might seem like I'm picking on the New Age here but like or on postmodern thought. But like it just doesn't it's, – it's not logical. Like there are no like – there's no way of following it. Like right. there's no way of like methodically going like, oh, OK, so then this. And they're like, oh, no, not that. And they'll just say the opposite thing of what they just said. And you're like, I can't follow this. Like it doesn't make sense logically. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on it. It just it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would the biblical approach to good and evil be? That all things good come from God and that all things evil come from the absence of God. That when we reject God, when we turn away from God, when we when we do things for ourselves and not for others or for the love of – which when we do things for others, we're really doing them for God too. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do things separate from his will, separate from him, that is evil. That is what evil is. It's the absence of God. Have you ever seen the – of course you have the yin yang, yeah, little figure. It's too yeah. That doesn't work here. Black and white. <laughs> yep. With um, a, with a dot of black and a the white. Part and of the yin yang of... is that there is a a point of white in the black. Yep. And a point of black in the white. And uh, philosophically, what that's saying is there is a little bit of evil in everything that's good. And a little bit of and good. And there's a little good of good in everything that's evil. And what scripture says is God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Right. God is white. There's no black dot in the right. middle of God. Right. And he's so good that like as as the Father, like in his like in all his glory. We can't. We couldn't approach him. Like right. we as sinners, right. if we were to, it's like the sun. This is how I've always heard it explained. It's like the sun. If you get within such a proximity of the sun, you're gonna burn up. You're gonna become one with the right. sun. You're gonna. The only thing that could ever survive in the presence of the sun is more of that same type of energy. Yeah. Right. That something like the sun could be near the sun and be fine. But we couldn't. We would burn up. And right. so we have to be perfect to be in the presence of God. Which we can't be. We can't be. So God does something about it. That's right. Yeah. That's the gospel. Sending Jesus, who is God in the flesh, to come and live as a man, to come and live that perfect life that no man ever did live, and then die as a perfect sacrifice on behalf of all mankind to cover them in his blood, by his, I mean, when we say cover in his blood, we don't mean literally. We mean right, right, right. It's, right, it's right. symbolic. It's saying right. he's paid the price right. because the price for sin is death. Right. And right. he's paid it. Blood. God himself has paid the price. Right. And so now we are made righteous by Christ's righteousness. And now we are able to stand in the presence of God. So what do you think, Zach? Um, are we in the middle of a worldview shift? Yeah. But the other thing is you kind of just have made it incredibly 
plain to see that we're always shifting. Oh, yeah. It doesn't seem like this is like a, oh, yeah, we're in this weird, like, thing that's happening now. It seems like, no, this has happened a lot. Yeah, this, this, yeah, we're, we're constantly in a state of shifting. And so I think the thing that we need to take into consideration is we need to find that objective reality. We need to find that objective truth. We need to find God, his word, understand it well, uh, embody it, live it. Right. Because if we don't, we can be swept away by. And that's the other thing is you need to know other people's worldview. Yeah. You need to understand where somebody from a postmodern worldview is coming from. Because let's be honest, we're not really dealing with pre-modern worldviews right now. Well, not re- well there, maybe there a are a few bit. of them out there. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Like maybe some of the some like, of the postmodern might be a shift back to. Pre-modern. The thing about postmodern is it's all it's so subjective that if an individual comes to you and says, "I worship Nordic gods," well, that is a pre-modern worldview, but it fits in his postmodern expression right. because it's right what he wants to do. But then, I then again, I'm thinking of like maybe the Catholic Church or like 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 where they have the Pope. You know, like that seems like very pre-modern to me. Yeah, depending on your approach. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like it seems like all all three of these still might be present. And I mean, of course, the biblical. They probably but, are. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's good to familiarize yourself with these schools of thought and say, like, okay, okay, that's how this person sees the world. I've just started asking people questions. I let people like I don't assume anyone believes anything anymore. When I start talking to a Christian, I start asking them questions like, oh, well, what do you think about so-and-so? Because like just because I say I'm a Christian doesn't mean I agree with, right, with right. Christianity. You right. know? Like, or like just because I may tell you, oh, I'm spiritual, that doesn't mean you're a new age or maybe, right. m- maybe they are a Christian. Maybe they just said a weird word. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. So do you have like a set of stock questions yeah. that you use to kind of – Help you get it where somebody is living. Yeah, I, I mean, I ask. I generally I'll kind of plug myself in and be like, "Oh, I'm a Christian. Like, well, what do you think about? What do you? Or I might, I may not even go there immediately. I'll, I'll generally say like, "Well, what do you believe about God? Do you believe in a God?" And I mean, so that's a good one for these because yeah. some oh, of these yeah. don't really like like the modern not really. worldview. Yeah, that doesn't have to be a God There's, there, right? Um, and so like, I'll say, "Do you believe in God?" And oh yeah or no. And then if they say, yeah, oh, well, what God do you believe in? Like, are you a part of a religion? You, and then, you know, maybe it'll be, yeah, I'm Hindu or I'm Christian or I'm Muslim or maybe it's, oh, I'm spiritual. And if, oh, it's I'm spiritual, that's a good keyword to go, oh, hey, maybe yeah. this person's got a postmodern worldview. And then, like, oh, well, what do you, like, what do you think God's like? Like, what do you, and so then if they that's start getting, question. yeah, if they start getting into like, um, you know, I well, I believe God's in all of us, and uh, you're probably talking to somebody in the New Age, like yeah. or Hindu, which is yeah. really still yeah. New Age. Yeah. Um, but then, like, yeah, I mean, if they they're like, well, I believe that Jesus is God, you well, that's a Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just you got it. I don't believe there's a one size fits all group of questions. What it boils down to is form a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Get to know them. Get to know what they believe. Ask them genuine questions. We're not walking up and feeding people a, a tract or whatever that, that, right, that they just have right. to follow through and and now you're saved. Like it, it's no like you're meeting people. 
you're you're learning where people are coming from. That's how we evangelize. You know, one of the things that I've I've begun to do that I I think it actually works pretty well. It's not really a question. I'll just say to somebody, "Tell me your story," and even though that is so wide open. I have yet to have somebody say, my story, well, I wonder what my story is. Everybody goes right into something. Well, I was, you know, and they'll tell me about what's important to them. Yeah. And that's that gets at that question even better than saying what's really important to you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Just tell me your story. I think that one intimidates me. Tell me your story? Yeah, I don't know why. That, that one's just, yeah, like I... I don't know. Something I don't know why. As I've talked to people, they always have an answer. Really? And it's immediate. It's no hesitation. Well, I Yeah. I'll try that out. Yeah. I'll try yeah. that out. See what see what happens. Get somebody strapped to a chair, tied to the chair and you're cutting his hair. Yeah, because we tie all of our clients to our chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Not going anywhere. Shaving your head. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll try that out. And so the biblical worldview and all this, that's the truth. That's what we're talking about here. There's, that's what we are pursuing. There is a foundational truth Imperfectly. to all things. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's just like I've kind of said a million times over. Like there's a lot of different opinions about things in the Bible. But like talking about eschatology, talking about yeah. how things are going to end, talking about – you know, there there are certain aspects even of like the law and stuff that are a little fuzzy just based on the way the New Testament plays out. But I'm here to say like there are biblical truths that are – you can't argue with them. Like right. they are sp- right. spelled out so plainly that it's like you're not allowed to have a different opinion on this. Right. I'm sorry. Like, right. If you've read the Bible, you know what this truth is. And those are the truths that we're saying are foundational. Yes, because the the thing is, all that st- all that other stuff, it's so gray to like life in a lot of ways. Like arguing about eschatology is not saving anybody. No, no, it's no, not. No. But 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 saying, hey, you need to love people, and, and it doesn't really lead anywhere in particular. Right, right. And so yeah, I I think we just need to focus on our job, and that's loving people and teaching them who Jesus is. That he's God and that he loves them and that they can be saved if they just give their lives to him. That sounds great. Right on. This was a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell you what, let us know. Uh, did you enjoy this? Uh, do you want us to come back, talk about values and presuppositions? We can do that. But uh, this is pretty heady stuff. It's pretty heavy. It's super important for understanding the world and just the way people think about the world. And understand that we are in the process of a change. And understanding that, like, just because this is 2021 doesn't mean everybody – I mean, well, clearly not everybody thinks the same in 2021. Right. But, like, not not even everybody probably in the Christian church thinks the same. True. You know, like, there's probably people in the church that are more modern and people that are more postmodern. Yeah. Right now. Or, or even pre-modern, you know. It's uh, – it's always shifting, and yeah. so you gotta you gotta kind of gauge where people's heads are at. So yeah, play around with this stuff, listen to it. Um, sorry if we rambled, we tried. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for listening. Like Randy said, if you got questions, send them to uh, questions, questions at becomehope.com. or salty saints at becomehope.com. Nailed it, and uh, stay salty.
Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.